This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. Welcome to the Mom Room Podcast. My name is Renee Rena, and I am definitely the mom friend you have always wanted. Welcome to what is now the Tuesday show. So before I would have the co-hosted episodes on Fridays and we have changed that around. So now the co-hosted episodes are going to be released on Tuesday and then my solo episodes are going to be released on Thursday. So this will be, you know, moving forward how the podcast is going to work. Also, I'm going to be putting the hot topic episodes on Instagram instead of the podcast platform. So look out for that. If you're not already following the Mom Room podcast on Instagram, like what are you doing? Go follow and that is where you will get your hot topic episodes. So it's at the Mom Room podcast. And that's it. It's all one word. I was going to say .com, but like it's not a website. I think in these little intros, I'll also, you know, just let you know where I'm at, things that have been going on. And I must say that what has been going on has been Milo refusing to do anything that we want him to do. It's really quite fun. No, it's not. It is awful. What I have learned so far is if I just leave him, and leave with like, okay, when you're ready to do this, just let me know. Or when you're ready to get dressed, just, you know, try and put on your PJs or your clothes. And if you need help, let me know. And then I walk out of the room. And I understand that sometimes that's not always doable if you're in a rush. And I always think to myself when I'm in these stressful situations, if I was in a rush, it would be 10 times more stressful. But Luckily for me, I work from home, I make my own schedule, and so I never really schedule anything early in the morning because I don't want to have that pressure on myself. So I understand that it's not always doable, but I think giving them the space to calm down and not feel like you're pressuring them to do something really helps. So that is kind of what we've been dealing with lately. The night times are hit or miss. Sometimes he will walk to his bed and hop up there and be happy as a clam. Other times he does not want to get off of our bed and it's a struggle. So that's the joys of having a toddler, I guess. My guest for today's episode is very familiar with this because she has three young children. Her name is Erin Azar. I think that's right. I know I asked her in the intro how to pronounce her last name, and I'm pretty sure it's Azar, but when I first said it, I said Azar. Maybe it's because Zara, like I'm used to saying Zara, so Azar. Is that even how you pronounce Zara, or is it Zara? I've heard it said both ways. Anyways, her name is Erin Azar, and you probably know her from TikTok or Instagram as Miss Space Cadet. Her content is so uplifting, it's so relatable, and her mission on social media is to make running more approachable for people, which is fantastic because I think running is one of those activities that is really scary to start. And like she tells us in this episode, after her third child, she 
you know, had this aha moment where she realized that she needed to put herself first and her health and she friggin' just signed up for a marathon. Like that is brave. And she takes us through kind of her training journey and her home life. And if you haven't seen her TikToks, you have to go follow her and watch because they are so fun and inspiring in this episode. Because as you know, if you follow me, I have been sedentary for way too long. I am so used to always being active. And since quarantine last year, I've just been a blob and have not done anything. So I asked her for her advice on how I can get started in being more active, which was really helpful and inspired me really. She has just under half a million followers on TikTok, which is unbelievable. So that just speaks to the quality content that she is putting out there. She is super fun to talk to. I really enjoyed this conversation and I feel like we're friends. And that's what we were discussing because we both follow each other on TikTok and on Instagram. And so I feel like I see her all the time and that I know her already. And so whenever I am interviewing people that I follow on TikTok and that I see every day, it's almost like you feel like you know them already. So when they pop up on the Zoom, you know, interview chat thing, I'm not even like, oh, hi, nice to meet you. It's like, oh, hey, like, How's it going? Because you feel like you already know them. It's very odd. Anyways, we have big plans of, you know, we envisioned having, after all this COVID stuff, like a TikTok mom tour. Like, how cool would that be? So maybe that will happen in the future. I don't know. Seems like a lot of work. But anyways, her tagline on Instagram is expert struggle runner and struggle lifer. I think we can all relate to the struggle lifer portion of that sentence, especially in the last year. So I hope you guys enjoy this conversation with Erin. And if you're not already following her, please go and do that. You won't regret it. But without further ado, here is my convo with fellow TikTok mom, Erin Azar. Today, I am talking with Erin Azar. So in her Instagram bio, this is my favorite it says she is an expert struggle runner and struggle lifer, and you are on a mission to make the running industry more approachable, which like, kudos to you. That's like a good mission to have in life because it's not accessible. You have half a million followers almost on TikTok, which is amazing. I love your content. You always come up on my For You page and it puts a smile on my face. So first, I just thought you could tell us about yourself and your family and what motivated you to train for and run a marathon. Yeah, so my name's Erin. I am a mom of three. I, my oldest is six. I also have a four-year-old and a two-year-old. And my husband works full-time. I was working full-time until I quit last summer. So I went from the medical device industry to the content creator, whatever this is. <laughs> so yeah, life is crazy. Pandemic parenting is rough. And I started running after I had my third baby. I was not in a good mental or physical space. Postpartum was always rough for me. And there was a nice day and I thought, you know what? I just need fresh air. I'm going to put on, I think my sneakers had holes in them at the time. My clothes were all ratty. I never buy clothes for myself. And I just like took off and ran probably maybe half a mile. Like I didn't get far. <laughs> and 
it just, but at the end of it, I did feel kind of like the calmness that I didn't feel for a while. And I'm like, you know what? I think I need to keep this going. But the only way I ever stick to anything is if I set a goal. I'm not really sure why I went like from zero to I'm going to run a marathon because when I made that decision, I was only running maybe a mile and I just wanted to stick with it. Like I, I knew running was making me feel good mentally and I needed to do it. So I blurted out that I was going to run a marathon. And I said that on my YouTube channel. I don't know if I was doing that on TikTok yet. And yeah, that made me stick with it. I, I should have said, you know what, I'm going to run a 5k but I did it. <laughs> so that's, that's the story of that, basically how that all got started. So you have a YouTube channel. I've never seen it. So now I must go check this out. And was this, so you said you had a two-year-old, so it would have been under two years ago? Yeah, under two years ago, she was maybe like four months old. I had a C-section with her. That was my first c So I was scared to do anything for a while. <laughs> Yeah, so that was, yeah, I guess under two years. I'm having, that whole part of my brain is kind of cloudy. It was like a blur. I always think of like when people say miles. In Canada, we do kilometers, but I'm more familiar because all the, like the exercise machines tend to all be in miles. And I think of running in miles as well. But for people listening, one mile is four times around a soccer field or a football field? Same thing, I guess. That's about how long it is. And so how long is the marathon that you signed up for? 26.2 like, miles. I can't. <laughs> I know. Uh, yeah, I don't know why I did that. It was one of the most trying things I've ever done. B- because it wasn't just one day that you go and you run 26.2 miles. Like, It was, you know, every weekend was dedicated to really long runs. I think my longest run was 20, and I barely survived that. So I was really scared to run that last 6.2. So you already ran this marathon? I ran, so the whole of last year I trained for the marathon. I ran it in November. For some reason, TikTok was like, we're not showing your videos anymore. That was so sad. That happened the day before the marathon. It was like, and it went for like two months. So, so many people didn't even realize that I ran it because nobody saw it. But anyway, I got really depressed after that because I have like seasonal depression and I, I didn't, I wasn't aware that there's like a post-race depression thing Interesting. that you can go through. Yeah, I never knew that. Nobody told me. I thought it was just my seasonal depression kicking in like hardcore But then people started to say like, oh, you know, certain people get like that. I thought I'd be on cloud nine. Like I'm done with this. I, you know, I did it. I finished or whatever. But yeah, it was the opposite. So what I did is I signed up for another one. And that's what I'm training for right now. But the thing is, the first one that I did, I went to run Philadelphia Marathon. It was like a huge thing for me. Of course, it was canceled because of COVID. So Hopefully, this will be the first in-person race that I can do with, like, all the fanfare and the music and crowds and other runners. Right. And when is that scheduled for, this one? That is October. I want to say October 15th in New Jersey. 
Yeah, it reminds me of when you're planning a wedding because people always talk about, you know, you're so excited for a wedding and you plan it for like a year and you get the guest list and it's all like exciting and leading up to this one day. And then after the wedding, a lot of people go into like a depression. It's a similar kind of thing. Like this was your main focus for like a year and then it's over. And even though it was like this big, exciting thing, it's like... It just leaves you like, okay, now what? Yeah, and it was the timing of it all, too, in the midst of a pandemic. We couldn't even have, I guess technically we could have had people come, like family and friends, and just like cheer us on. But we just didn't feel safe doing it and saying like, yeah, come on out. And then someone would get sick. I would feel so guilty. So anyone that asked, like, hey, can we come with signs? We had to say no. And that was sad, too. Like, there was so much about it that was such a letdown aside from accomplishing it. Like, that was huge for me, but I felt like I couldn't share it with anyone. And then, uh, especially with, like, the whole TikTok thing. I'm like, I was so excited to, like, share with everyone. I I went live through a lot of it and everything. And then everyone was commenting or messaging, like, hey, what happened with the marathon? You know, like, weeks later, so... Yeah, that was weird. TikTok drives me bananas. Right around that exact same time that you're talking about, my profile was the exact same thing. People would write in the comments all the time, like, why are we not seeing you anymore? Like, you never show up on our For You page. And like all the views just like downhill. They just change something. Even for me, like I used to see a lot of the same people over and over on my For You page. And then I started to think about it and I was like, oh my God, I don't see any of those people anymore. Yeah. Sometimes a random person will pop in my head and if luckily sometimes I'll remember the username yeah. and I'll go look them up, but sometimes I can't remember. I'm like, I know everything they do. I know what they're like, what who they have in their family, what they like to eat, but I cannot remember their name and then you can't find them. Yeah, exactly. So I didn't realize that you had already run a marathon, thanks TikTok. So after you finished that marathon, I'm curious, did you take a break? Were you like, okay, I'm not running for like a few weeks or how did that go? And then how do you get back into training for a second one? I'm thinking about like, you know, professional athletes where when you're gearing up for the Olympics, like your training must change depending upon how far away you are from the marathon. Yeah, it was interesting. My coach said, you know, after the marathon, she's like, you can't run for, I forget how long it was. I want to say like 10 days or something like that to recover. And then I knew I didn't want to stop running because 90% of the reason I run is mental. So I wanted to keep doing it, but she's like, oh, we could just put you on like a maintenance plan. You could run really low miles and, you know, just keep up with it. And over the winter, I still did it. I still kept with the low mileage and everything, but it was hard to keep going. I was, I was questioning like why I was doing it. The weather was awful this winter. Every time that we, you know, shoveled ourselves out, we got more snow. It was so frustrating. And to be someone that does not do well in winter, it was rough. So I think what I could have done if I was better at, you know, taking care of myself 
I could have kept the mileage up more and stuck with those long runs instead of always cutting them short. So right now that's what I'm doing. Like I stick with exactly what miles I have to run on Sunday. It was six. And that was the longest run that I've done since November. And do you always run outside? Yeah. I always tell, cause people are like, why don't you get a treadmill? I'm like money and space. Our house is so small. I don't know where we would put it. I can't, I can't even make something up. The kitchen, maybe? <laughs> I am the worst running outside. I, I don't know if there's something wrong with my ears, but I get such earaches outside. And so I went to school for a year in Florida and they blast the freaking air conditioning in the gyms and stuff. And so when we would be doing running in the gyms, I would get massive earaches like all the way down my neck just from the air conditioning. And then if we ran outside, me like Canadian running in Florida, I was like, I can't breathe. Oh, I would not be able to breathe in Florida. Yes. No way. I was like, I can't win. Like I'm dying here. Oh no. Yeah. Even if you have something over your ears, like a protective thing. It has to be major because if it's too thin, like my husband makes fun of me all the time because I'll be wearing, we call them toques in Canada. Like Uh I'll be wearing a toque till it's like 30 degrees outside Celsius. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I feel like I talk a different language. (laughs) Yeah, I know. I'm like trying to convert in my head. Okay. Is that like 60 something or? That probably closer to like 75, 80. Oh, okay. I'd say. But yeah, ooh, if there's a little bit of wind, like raging earache. Don't you find it interesting how when you announce to people that you're going to do something that it makes you more motivated? Like almost like they're going to hold you accountable or people are expecting something of you. So you continue to do it. Yeah, I find that so interesting. And that's why... As soon as I thought, you know what, I'm going to run another marathon. I, cause I are at this, at that point, I already had the TikTok audience before I didn't. So I'm like, why would I put that on there until like that? My first run video that I put on TikTok went viral and I'm like, Oh, I guess people would maybe want to see this. So then I started talking about it, but yeah, when I signed up for this last one, I put that on TikTok cause I, I know there's going to be people like if I don't post it around, they're going to be like, Oh, are you still running? Even just that thought of one person out of like hundreds of thousands noticing that I'm not running, that'll hold me accountable. (laughs) We are going to take a quick break to hear from one of our sponsors. Shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode of The Mom Room and providing me with samples. You know how a lot of people can't leave the house without a water bottle? It's like their emotional support water bottle. I am the exact same way with facial tissues. And that is because I have such bad allergies, specifically in my sinuses, to the point where I know I'm going to have to blow my nose multiple times in a day, and I cannot be out in public without my emotional support facial tissues. Luckily, for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin Clear with Claritin D. Designed for serious allergy sufferers, Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so that you can breathe better. 
This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available relieves sneezing, a runny nose, itchy and watery eyes, an itchy nose and throat, and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. Now I know if I have a big event, maybe I'm going to a concert, going out for dinner, I don't want to be blowing my nose every two seconds. It's very unbecoming. And so I will take Claritin D and enjoy my evening. Ready to live life as if you don't have allergies? It's time to live Claritin clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter or ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. My husband and I both turn the big four zero next year, and we have been thinking a lot about our long-term health. We want to get smarter about our health, make better choices, but also not feel overwhelmed trying to separate fact from fiction. There is so much information out there, and it can be hard to figure out what applies to you, what is right, and what is wrong. Well, let me introduce you to the Zoe Science and Nutrition Podcast. With the help of world-leading scientists, they help you make smarter health choices every week. Don't just take my word for it. Naomi's Apple Review says, Zoe Science and Nutrition is super easy to consume even if you don't understand the science. With loads of actionable tips, a great mix of guests, and interesting cutting-edge science. You can't go wrong with a weekly podcast where world-leading scientists explain how their own research could improve your health. If you're ready to join millions of others like Naomi transforming their health, then search for Zoe Science and Nutrition wherever you listen to podcasts. So I'm curious what your husband thought about your initial like signing up for the marathon, but then also continuing to do the marathon stuff, but then your popularity on social media. Like, what does he think about all this? Yeah, he's a man of few words when it comes to that. But (laughs) I will say, because I've asked him before, like, what, what do you think of all this? I've never done stuff like this in my life. And he, he, he said that he wasn't surprised that I could finish a marathon because in his words, he'd seen me go through some pretty crazy births without like, you know, medication and stuff like that and just like handling it well. But the thing that we're still both shocked about is the TikTok. Like what happened? I, I still don't know. He doesn't get it. Like some of my friends think I'm funny. He does not. He's he's like, oh God, here she comes, like setting up a camera again, you know, like he's, we just have different humor like that. But yeah, so we're still both flabbergasted at what happened on TikTok. <laughs> yeah. It's so fun though. TikTok. Yeah. My husband is the same. Like he, he doesn't really say much about it, like super supportive, but he's just kind of like the man in in the background. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. I noticed that. If you if you even show him. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Anytime he's in a TikTok, people are like, oh, my God, your husband, like he ends up being the star of the TikTok. <laughs> yeah. All the comments are going to be about him. Then. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, gosh. So you mentioned you have a two year old, a four year old and a six year old like I have a two and a half year old, so I cannot imagine 
how you find the time, especially right now because of, like you said, pandemic parenting. What is your schedule like and how do you find the time to train when it's so intensive? Yeah, right now. Well, even with the lower miles right now, it's still insane. Like our days are pure chaos. It's me trying to get my work done while doing my daughter's hybrid learning because a first grader cannot do their own learning. She never even used a computer before or a I had, I used to have to help her like turn on a tablet if we went on a road trip, you know what I mean? Like she just didn't have the technology wherewithal to do this. And that's what like their whole school is about is not doing that stuff. So now, you know, they're asking them to be on computers. So anyway, that was a rant. So yeah, doing that. And then, you know, how do you keep a four-year-old and a two-year-old out of her room while she's doing her schoolwork? So there's a lot of crying. There's a lots of mess everywhere. I, so I like my biggest thing is just priorities. When Dan gets home, no matter what the weather or timing, or did I eat enough? Did I drink enough? It's like, I have to go, I have to get the run in. I have to film it and do all that, like edit, add captions, you know, there's dinner, like it's just chaos. And then Like I said, Dan works full time, but he also has tons of projects he does when he gets home, like for other people, for our house. So it's just a blur each day. The thing that really got to me at first was just um, the mom guilt, like major. I didn't know. And that's why I never put myself first in the history of having kids until like a year ago. It was the mom guilt. I couldn't even fathom, (laughs) you know? So it's not like I have a, it's not like I have a schedule. It's just priorities. Like I will let the house be a complete wreck all week. I don't care. Well, there you go. I can relate to that feeling and wanting to put your wants and needs first before doing stuff that really in three days, in a week, in a couple hours, is not going to matter that the house is messy. Whereas before I would put all my energy into making sure the house was clean and perfect and, you know. Yeah, and making perfect meals. Yeah, exactly. And was there anything that you think changed your perspective from, you know, like you said, not ever putting yourself first or taking care of yourself to like what clicked in you that was just like, you know what, like I'm going to do this running and I'm doing it every day and I'm putting myself first. Yeah. I think it really clicked when I hit, I wouldn't say like rock bottom. I I feel like I would have had to spiral a lot further than I was when I started running, but I was low, like low to where I had to sit down and assess, like kind of assess my life. Like, why am I feeling like this? Why am I so run down? Aside from having a newborn, like that's exhausting in itself. But I, I think I just came to that. Like I need time to myself. I need to focus on my health because if I don't, I'm going to be a raging biatch to my kids. I'm going to snap at my husband. I'm going to struggle with health issues and I don't want to be that person. And I think that's when it clicked. It was just like being true with myself and really having to have those hard 
feelings that I've been, you know, avoiding for like seven years or something, six years. Yeah. That's, that's what clicked for me. Yeah. Whenever people ask me what I think the hardest part of being a mom is, it's always related to how I was so used to focusing on myself, like 100% doing whatever I wanted, like setting goals for myself, like totally focus on myself to then having a kid and being like, oh shit, like now how do I find a balance, right? And even still, it's like Milo goes to daycare so I can do all my stuff and I still feel like, ooh, you know? Part of your brain is still on Milo while he's at daycare, like subconsciously even. So it's that it, you still have that. It's not like you can 100% disconnect. Like even if I'm on a run or lately I've been trying to hang out with my sister like once a week. And even when I'm doing that, I still have little things like, oh, did I submit Lily's assignment uh, for school? Oh, does, does Dan know where I left that? Oh, do we have a, did I wash the diapers? You still have those things that kind of pop in and disconnect you from what you're really doing. That's my big thing with mom guilt as well. I always say like before becoming a mom, I think we always hear about mom guilt and we're like, oh, like sounds interesting. And people kind of make a joke about it and it's funny. But when you actually experience it, it's a legit problem. Yeah, it's like a physical pain. Yeah, and it sucks. (laughs) Like you were saying, like you can't go and enjoy something that you should be enjoying because the guilt feeling sucks the fun and enjoyment out of things, which is not fair. Like you try to go and have fun and, you know, be like, have some alone time or whatever it is. And the whole time you're like, (laughs) yeah. And you can tell yourself to till you're blue in the face to not feel that way, but it doesn't matter. You can't, I can't anyway, I can't talk myself out of that. It just, it's like a subconscious thing. Mm -hmm. Even when rationally, you know, that it's something that's really good for your kids like Milo playing independently. I'm like, oh, this is great. Look how, like his imagination is so great. I'm so proud of him. But then inside I'm like, he shouldn't be playing alone. You should be, (laughs) you should be with him. And I'm like, stop it. Like him being able to keep himself entertained is amazing. And that's great. And I should be happy about it and let him do that. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so... Did you ever have a conversation with your husband? Because I feel like you deciding, okay, I'm going to put myself first. And like you said, as soon as he gets home, you're going to go out and run and do that stuff for yourself. Did you have to have a conversation with him to be like, you know, I'm going to make these changes and like things might be different for you as well. And like kind of have him on board with the plan. Right. For sure. I mean, one, I feel like we're happily married only because we communicate. We think so differently about so many things and we have completely opposite personality traits and we complement each other in that way. But the biggest thing is communication a hundred percent. And that conversation I will always remember because I was, and I I didn't think like, Oh, he's going to push back on this. Like I knew a hundred percent. He'd be like, yes, go for it. Like if you, if that's what you need, because he can't, you can't expect someone else to know what you need. You know what I mean? You can only expect them to help you get to what you need, you know? So with kids, that's, 
difficult, no matter how many kids you have. And so, yeah, I like, I think it was that day that I ran that first time and that feeling that I got and I came home and I said, you know what? I think I really need to be putting myself first. I have to focus on my health. I need, I think I need to do this running thing. And he said, well, you better get new shoes. (laughs) You know what I mean? And so there was no, like, he was not like, well, how are we going to, when are you going to do that? It was more like, okay, you need new shoes. And then, Hey, when I get home, you run one. And it was kind of this like natural thing. Like, let's talk this out. There was no kind of, you know, like I need this and you need to do this. (laughs) I think if like people don't communicate and they don't tell their partner what they need, they're going to blow up and it'll be a fight. So I feel, I do feel good that we kind of just like calmly came to that conclusion and it's been good ever since. There are some days though, like full disclosure that I'm like, well, I need to get my run in. And Dan's like, oh, I forgot the dog has a vet appointment. And I'm like, you didn't doubt me. You know what I mean? Like our, our days sometimes are just like planned out to the minute and there's no room for Oh, I forgot the dog at a vet appointment. You know what I mean? So there are, there's of course days like that, but usually we're really good about helping each other get what we need done. <laughs> well, it's about that time that we chat about one of our sponsors. We will be right back. This episode is brought to you by Little Spoon. If you're like me, then the bane of your existence is thinking about what to feed your children, prepping food, going to the grocery store, all of the above. Who has the time? We are all so busy, and it's important to incorporate things into our life that keep our life as simple and convenient as possible. Little Spoon is one way to do just that. They deliver fresh, healthy meals and snacks straight to your door that your kid will love at every eating stage they are in. The baby blends are fresh, organic baby food from single ingredients to multi-textured purees to take the stress out of starting solids. They partner with Clean Label Project to test their blends for 400 plus contaminants, including heavy metals. So you know you're getting good stuff. The Biteables are finger food meals that are cut to size to promote easy self-feeding and they are healthy, balanced, and free of artificial junk. The Little Spoon Plates are toddler and big kid meals that are free of junk and they taste amazing. Even the pickiest eaters will love them. Think hidden veggie mac and cheese, chicken nuggets, and adventurous eats like potstickers, gnocchi, and more. They also offer really fun things like puffs, they have smoothies, lunchers, and snacks. You quite literally never have to think about food again. It's just easy peasy. And did I mention this all comes right to your door? It is so flexible, so easy, and everything stores right in the fridge and freezer. The price is right. The quality is unmatched. You are going to love it and your kids are going to love it. It is just a huge win for your family. Simplify your kids' mealtime with 30% off your first order. Go to littlespoon.com slash momroom and enter our code momroom at checkout to get 30% off your first Little Spoon order. 
This episode is brought to you by Lola V. Lola V is an award-winning hair care line by none other than Jennifer Aniston. They offer clean, plant-powered products for every hair type and texture. I just did my whole hair care routine with all the products the other night, and I am obsessed. Along with incredible shampoo and conditioner, they have an intensive repair treatment that you can use once a week. They also have a lightweight hair oil. There's a leave-in treatment, and there's also a glossing detangling which I need because lately I want to do my hair in like a slicked back look, but my hair is too frizzy. Get 15% off Lola V with the code MOMROOM at www.lolav.com slash MOMROOM and Lola V is L-O-L-A-V-I-E. The communication thing is so important. And like you were saying, you can't expect other people to know how you're feeling and why you're feeling that way. Sometimes I don't even know why I feel a certain way. And so I need to take a moment before I, you know, act like a biatch. (laughs) It's like, I always think like, why am I so grumpy right now? What is my problem? And so I will actually have to think about it and be like, oh, this is what I want to see happen or this is what I need. And then if you verbalize that to your partner, then they're able to accommodate it. Instead of, I think a lot of people get into this habit of they're irritated and they're like pissed off, but instead of talking to their partner about it, they almost want their partner to act in a way that's going to further make them pissed off so that they can be like, aha, see, like he's not doing it. Yes. I see that a lot. And I see it play out on TikTok too. Like people that air their stuff and I never comment that one be like, well, if you would just communicate, (laughs) you know what I mean? Communication is key. Right. Right. (laughs) Don't want to be that person, but yeah, it's just, it's, it's so predictable sometimes that, and it's preventable, you know, but yeah. And it takes like, you have to be somewhat vulnerable, which is very difficult because I think a lot of people worry what their partner's reaction is going to be. But for the most part, you know, if your relationship is, you know, a decent relationship, they should be accommodating and want to help in some way. But I think it's hard for people to be like, I'm feeling this way. And so I need this. It's hard to ask for help. And I feel like, especially as moms, sometimes, I don't know if that's a uh, like evolutionary thing or just a societal pressure, but I feel like mom, more so moms, and I don't want to like single out dads, but I just mean in general, I feel like moms are put, they put this pressure on themselves to be like their great grandma who like, did everything, had 10 kids, kept the house clean, never watched TV, you know, never had a dirty house. It's almost like that's passed down. But right now, society's so different. We're working too, you know? And and if you're not working and you're a stay-at-home mom, you're working. So it's just... I, I just feel like there's so much pressure with that and, and it can build a lot of resentment. Everyone thinks that everyone else has, you know, everything perfect and has their shit together, but nobody does. And so, but nobody wants to say like, 
oh man, this is really hard. Like I really struggle sometimes when Milo is throwing tantrums and my husband's not home. Well, yeah, like I'm a human and toddlers are friggin' hard. Like that's okay. Oh God. That age is really hard. Other than the training and taking time for yourself, are there other things that cause mom guilt in you? Oh, yeah. I have a whole list. Ascending my four-year-old to preschool and he didn't know. I felt like he didn't. I felt like maybe he should have known like letters and numbers. And it clicked in my head where I'm like, I didn't teach him anything that I know of. I don't, I'm never like, Hey, it's for Apple. I like, I, I feel like I did that with my first and he'd been like just surviving and living through me having another baby. And yeah, so I feel major mom guilt about stuff like that. Now he's doing great and like learning whatever he needs to. So I always feel like, oh, am I not teaching them enough? I have mom guilt when I want to go to the store by myself. And I have to tell them, like, I just need to go by myself. Any, any little thing like that. I don't do the comparison anymore. I feel like when I had my first, I used to compare myself like, oh, she looks like she has all those like wooden Montessori toys. And my kid has this annoying light up thing, you know, um, or, oh, that mom's not feeding their kid crackers. I don't know. Like the littlest, littlest things. I learned really quick though, that makes you super depressed and don't do that. (laughs) And that it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. That's the biggest thing. It doesn't matter. I remember someone writing a comment on one of my TikToks before, because I was getting shit on for... You always get shit on, oh, and I yeah. love how you handle it. It was because I made Milo a smoothie because he wouldn't eat his dinner, and people were like, like the smoothie was full of spinach and that. like all this healthy shit. And I was like, but people thought it was like a sugary smoothie. And this one lady or mom commented saying, like, does it really matter? Like, none of them are going to eat anything but chicken fingers by the time they're three anyways. And I was like, yes, like, that is exactly it. Like, yeah, yeah, for sure. Unless you are not going to take your kid to anyone else's house, to any parties, to any events, festivals, like they will be exposed to that food. You know what I mean? So I when someone has a one-year-old and they're like, I am never feeding my kid that. I'm like, well, what are you going to do when he goes over to Timmy's house and they have Cheez-Its and French fries? Yeah. Oh, like, oh, you can't eat that, but your friends can. And then it's just creating like this terrible culture of, of around like food. food restriction and, and, and things like that. And when you go to school, kids bringing cupcakes for birthdays. Are you going to not let your kid have one? I don't know. It's, it's just inevitable and it really doesn't matter. I always like to make the comparison to, you know, we think it's so crazy to give our child like a cookie at breakfast time or whatever it might be, but then we'll give them a pancake covered in maple syrup and that's okay. And it's like, you realize this is the same shit, right? Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. And I think, I, I, I don't know, as a parent, I just look at how does my kid act and feel after I give them something? I could give them a cookie at breakfast and they'll be fine. And they'll probably eat some like bacon or fruit or whatever. If I give them a juice box, they will be off the wall, like scary though. 
like <laughs> maniacal. And so, yeah, we don't have juice in our house. If we go to a party and like other kids are having juice, by all means, have juice, go buck wild. But it's just one of those things I, I see. It's just not good. But I'm not going to be like, I'm not giving them any sugar. They're fine with other things with sugar. It's just for some reason, juice. Oh, I'm scared of juice now. <laughs> well, and then I see other kids have it and they're fine. It's just like a thing. I can give my kid a donut. They get a little ramped up for like five minutes and they're fine. But juice? Oh, man. I don't know what it is. Yeah, it's crazy. I never drink juice. Like I drink water and coffee. That's it. And my husband sometimes will have, he'll buy diet Coke or sodas or whatever. And so I'll sometimes have one of those if I want something like fizzy. So we never have juice in the house. So Milo has literally never been exposed to juice unless they have it at school, but I don't think they do. I would be shocked if they gave it at school with all those kids like together and they all, (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. But yeah, I would do like proceed with caution and he might be really... He might be really fine with juice or, and maybe he won't be fine with like Sour Patch Kids. I don't know. <laughs> oh man. His thing right now is fruit snacks. Like, oh yeah, those are Fruit good. snacks are gold in this house. Yeah. Just chuck them, chuck them a little bag. It's wild. And he's had a potty training regression. As soon as he moved up, he was doing so well with potty training. And then as soon as he moved up to preschool, it was like, he was doing really well at school and then all of a sudden he didn't want to go on the potty at all at home and we were a little bit like concerned because it was lasting quite a while so now it's like I try not to make it sound like a bribe but I'll just be like let's go sit on the potty and then mommy will get you one fruit snack and then he's like and he like wiggles his little butt all the way to the potty and like pulls his pants down I'm like okay I can't not use this method because it's working so well yeah Yeah. so I mean you got to choose your battles yeah we Uh, used to do that with like I would give her one M&M that was the first experience with M&Ms so it was like this huge thing you know so exciting (laughs) oh man okay so for me I used to be super active before and after Milo was born. And I feel like once we moved to Toronto, I wasn't familiar with like the gyms or the yoga studios. So I was having a hard time like getting into something consistently. And then Corona virus happened and it's just been terrible. I have not done anything. So like I try and go for a walk here and there when I feel like it. What advice do you have for me and other people like me who I'm so used to being really active, but have not done anything in like a year and a half, but I want to do something? Yeah, I would. That's that's how exactly how I was, because I used to like play sports and do all that stuff. And then I had kids. And yeah, the most I would do is like walk or something. But I was always with a stroller. You know what I mean? So another thing that I had to do was focus on or try and remember what I felt like after doing those activities that I used to do and enjoy. And I remembered that feeling of like calm and just kind of being like proud of yourself that you did a good workout. Yeah. Yeah. Accomplished. So I would focus on that memory and then just do something like 
don't know, maybe like if you like yoga, the yoga with Adrian videos on YouTube, something free. So you're not putting pressure on yourself. Like, oh, I paid for this class. You know, I have to do like really well. I have to do the whole thing. I would just use something free and just do like minimal if you can. If you don't want to do the whole thing, if you don't want to run a whole mile or you can't, don't do it, but just get started and feel that feeling afterward. And I feel like that kind of just builds momentum. So kind of like ride that wave afterward. And if you're like me, I, I had to, I wouldn't recommend running every day, but I didn't know that when I started. So I was like, I'm running every day for 30 days. Or so you could do like, I'm doing yoga every day for seven days or something just to really start a like start a commitment type of thing. And then it just, you just go with it. You're like, Oh, this is what that was like. This is why I always did yoga. This is why I always ran or like did an exercise class. That's like, I think that's my biggest advice to people that just, you just feel stuck. You almost feel like your feet are in cement. And then it seems so overwhelming to even like, where are my workout clothes? Like, I don't even know where anything is or where's my yoga mat. You know, just the feeling of getting started is what you have to push through. But once you do it one time, then it's easier after that. It's like they say with habits, once you do it so many times, then you just, you want to do it and then it gets easier and easier. But it's like, maybe I should make a TikTok or like an announcement on Instagram and be like, I am doing yoga for 30 days and then people will expect it. And then I have to do it. I think that's a really good idea because, and then also if you want to say, even if you did it for seven days, like seven days in a row and you film it, you're like, you don't have to film the whole thing, obviously, but just a little thing. Like you're setting up your mat, you're doing a pose or you're putting the video on. And so you'll know like, okay, I set up this expect- expectation that I'm going to make a video of it each time I do it. And like, I don't know, there's just something that holds you accountable with that. A hundred percent. And then it's like content too. Yeah, easy content. (laughs) You're going to do it anyway. So I'm working. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, that's too much. So I was wondering if you had three resources that you would recommend to someone who wanted to start getting active. So it could be anything like a movie, a book. Instagram account. Well, this is more specific toward running, but if you're a beginner or you haven't run in a really long time, I would follow at what runs you. Her name's Alicia. She's my virtual coach. Well, I would like it to be in person, but COVID. She walks you through like the most basic beginning anything. Like some people have shin splints. Some people don't know how to get fitted for shoot. Like she, she walks you through everything. She shares workouts. So she doesn't just focus on running. Her whole thing is like injury prevention too. So get strong, get your hips stable and mobile and all the proper stretching. So I would follow that and I'm going to get grab a book. I got to follow her. Yeah, follow her. This book, Get Your Butt Out the Door. This is by Randy Stepp. So it's 365 day motivational runners companion. So like it'll even have like, so it starts January and then it'll like say the date and a little like snippet of a motivational 
thing or what you could do that day to get out. And then another, oh, I'm trying to think of one more. You know what I, I really like is I have a Garmin watch and it has that Garmin Connect app. And I get really into seeing progress. So like you can, if you're, if you're like a data person, maybe like an app like that or, or something free like Strava, if you don't have a Garmin and you can like actually see your progression. So like it maps out where you run? It maps out where you run. It'll show you like your weekly totals. So you can like, and your like step count, things like that. I think those would be three things. I'm going to link those in the episode notes. And lastly, do you have any projects in the works or what do you plan on doing with your social media accounts? Or do you have anything that you're like, oh, you know, I want to do this. Like, even if it's going to take a couple years, like what are your, what are your hopes and dreams? I think my hopes and dreams, it's, I always feel like I never know. Cause I always change all the time. Like. I changed my priorities, but after doing this TikTok account and and seeing people's comments, like anything from, oh, you make me happy to see your videos each day, or I signed up for my first race because of you, I started running because of you, those type of things, like having a positive impact on someone's life, I've never had that. And it's like, it's been life-changing for me. I think it's, it's free. It's something that I enjoy doing. I would like to take it a step further. I don't know if that would come. It's so hard because I, you can't see people in person right now. Like, so I don't know if I'd want to do retreats in the future and just like be with people and have other people come in and teach us like healthy things, maybe make some wine in there somehow. <laughs> But yeah, I I would love to do something like that. Like just continue to inspire people, but like on a more personal level. I feel the exact same way as you. And it's like, you know that you have impact on people's lives because of the messages that you get online, but you still feel so disconnected from people. And it's easy to forget that you're having an impact because you're just reading these messages on a screen as opposed to meeting people in person. I completely agree with you. I'm like, oh, like I want to do a thing where I can go and meet people like in person. Well, and you started your thing too, like around the same time, right? So like you, you were really growing it in the midst of the pandemic. So like when you were getting these messages and stuff like that, it was that same time. Like you couldn't physically go see people if you wanted to and, or have like a meetup or have get coffee with someone or collab. Like that's the other thing. I would love to collab with all these cool people on TikTok, but I mean, this is like as, as far as we can go, which thank goodness for technology, but I would love to see people in person. I know. know? I always think about that. Like TikTok moms, like, Party. <laughs> yeah, I know. Whoop it up. <laughs> oh, frig. One day, one day. So to end, I'll just ask you to tell people where they can find you online, about your YouTube channel. Okay, cool. Yeah, I'm mainly, I'm mostly active on TikTok and Instagram. My YouTube, there's so many videos on there from day one of running to the marathon. Like I posted the entire journey, carried my GoPro 
like every long run. So I haven't posted on there for a while, but it's coming back. I'm getting back into it. And so on YouTube, I'm Mrs. Space Cadet. On Instagram, I'm like I, the letter M, Mrs. Space Cadet. And on TikTok, Mrs.space.cadet. Isn't it annoying when all the names just can't match? Is it because people have them? Like everything, <laughs> yes. <laughs> you have to add like just I'm or the yeah. or something. Yeah. Oh, geez. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. That was so nice to uh, finally get to talk to you. I feel like I see you every day. That's why it's so weird. It's like, it's like I know her. And that's, it's whenever I meet people on Zoom that, you know, I follow them on social media, it's never like, oh my God, so nice to meet you. Hi. Like, yeah, I'm Renee. Like, it's never awkward because I'm just like, I know who you are. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, I know. Same. I feel like I know Milo. Like, Uh, you know, having his little latte thing, which I'm getting. Like, I want that. You read the ingredients, I think. It was like the last of your podcasts I listened to. I yeah. think you read the ingredients. I'm like, oh my gosh. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah I want it. Yeah. <laughs> I want it for myself too. Uh-huh. I know. It's just good all around for sure. Yeah. It's my secret weapon. 